Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come on. Alright, this is me. It's me. It's Krista the C. Miami Six Man on your Twitter feed. And uh, you can also follow Come Get Some at CGS here on Twitter. Email CGS here at gmail.com for tips, hints, ideas. If you want to be a guest, if you want to work with me, if you want to do anything, if you want to complain, whatever you want to do, do that. Um, before we get started with my interview today, I want to address the 452-pound aardvark in the room. Um, I was going to talk about LeBron James in my dream, my thought, my wishful thinking, my theory that LeBron James will choose to come back to Miami uh, after this season. However, uh, I woke up, we all woke up to some pretty bad news this morning. Um, see, back when I was a, a very young person, I uh, first became a huge wrestling fan when I saw Thunderlips standing next to Rocky Balboa on the big screen on Rocky Three, And I've seen so many large-in-life characters since then. So there's Hulk Hogan, there's there's Randy Savage, the late great Randy Savage, and the late great Ultimate Warrior, and the you know, late great eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant, uh, leading us to the next greatest thing, uh, most amazing, larger-than-life thing to come to wrestling, uh, the ninth wonder of the world, China. Um, Johnny Laura lived a very uh, train wreck-like life, uh, train wreck-like life. Uh, coming down the stretch here. So there's going to be some apathy and some people who, who feel uh, negativity towards her because of the way she lived her life and some of her bad choices. Uh, but we don't want to forget, none of this really equates to being a good person and um, and what you have to offer in this world. And she offered and gave us a lot during her time. So I joined uh, the masses in Morning uh, China, Joni Laura, and I wish the best to her family and friends and positive thoughts and uh, well wishes there. And uh, now to my conversation. All right, my guest today, she's been on the screen with Don Johnson. She's been on the big screen with Robert De Niro and Robin Williams and Patricia Arquette. She has also uh, done some writing and producing and, and illustrations for children's books. Uh, uh, please welcome to the show, uh, avid hashtagger, uh, talented actress and wonderful friend, Ray, Patricia Ray. Welcome to the show, Patricia. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you are um, venturing on into your uh, uh, podcasting because um, I speak a lot about, you know, challenging yourself and reinventing yourself. And, um, you know, you've always been so gracious. And when you read my blog um, to, you know, support the things that I do, so I wanted to return the favor and support your new adventure. Well, thank you, Patricia. That's great. Should I call you Patricia or Pat? What's the best thing to call you? Well, uh, my friends call me Patty. Um, some people call me Pat, not too many. 
Um, and then Patricia is just kind of like my professional name. So you're welcome to call me Patty. I'm already a friend. How are you, Patty? I love your work. Now, now, my familiarity with your work, and I think a lot of people's familiarity, familiarity, however you say that word, is going to be familiar. Familiarity. <laughs> That's right. That. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be from uh, when you were on Chuck a few uh, a few years back. Um, this, this, that's how I recognize you. Um, Chuck was one of my favorite sitcoms, sitcom, adventure, spy shows. And my favorite season of Chuck was the second season, uh, which is where your character, Bologna, Morgan's mom, was introduced. Oh, thank you. Um, that was such a fun show. Um, I made very good friends on that show with, um, with uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence, who played my my love interest, and uh, Scott Big Krinsky. Mike. Uh, yeah, Big Mike and um, and Scott Krinsky, uh, Jeff from the Je- Jeff and the other um, uh, mutt guy. <laughs> I forget his name. Oh my he was gosh. in the nerd herd. Vic Sehay yeah. is his real name. The actor. Yeah, he's a really okay. good friend of mine. Uh, and That's awesome. Just, such a good opportunity to do comedy. I don't often get to do comedy. I'm usually cast in blue-collar roles um, as a victim, which is fine. You know, I make my bread and butter that way on television. If you've ever seen me on The Mentalist or Law and Order or Blue Bloods or, you know, a bunch of shows I've done on TV, I'm usually crying. So when I got to be sexy and funny, and uh, I was just oh so thrilled. So I, red I, hot I was, mama. yes, red hot mama. That was such so fun. So that's um, I wish it would have um, gone on a little longer, but you know I'm very grateful yes. for the opportunity. I was supposed to get married in the beginning of season three because I don't know if you remember, but they throw the bouquet and I catch it. Uh, at um, That's right. at the wedding, at Chuck's sister's wedding, and um, and then they decided the following year because NBC was on the fence whether they were going to cancel the show or not, but the fans kept keeping it alive because the oh, fans yes. were so avid. Um, and so the fans brought got the show to come back, but NBC cut the budget, so they cut my wedding. Ah, uh, that would have been awesome to see. I'll tell you this, and I'm not just blowing smoke, and it's not just because I know you uh, from Twitter, but some of the best scenes, uh, some of the best scenes in season two had you in them, and, and you weren't really doing much, but you you kind of stood out. Everybody. Um, so something eye-rolling would happen, and, and everybody would have a reaction, and you stood out. And I wasn't <laughs> looking for it. I just remember it, you know. um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I was fine. Like I said, you know, it was. Um, I was really hoping that they would, um, you know, find a storyline for my character, and they really did like me, and they did discuss it. But like I said, there just wasn't money for so many auxiliary stories, and so what are you gonna do? You gonna move yeah, it was on? A, yeah, it was a funny time because that was the time in DVRs. And digital media is becoming much more, uh, much more mainstream, much more used. 
And yeah, he, I think yeah, you're right. I think if if Chuck were to air now, um, they wouldn't have been worried so much about like time slots and stuff because people could watch it on their DVRs, and I think it would have been a lot more successful. Yeah, Chuck had a lot of good competition on Monday nights, and it still got a lot of people to watch it, just not when it aired, and that was unfortunate for a lot of shows during that time frame. That is true. That is true, my friend. So not only Chuck, but Patricia Ray suffered because Nielsen couldn't figure out to get their act together at that time what to do with the TV. Right. But, uh, but it's funny. You said that was like your rare opportunity to do a comedy role. You're usually crying, but didn't you start out inspired by comedy? Is that right? I did. I um I actually wrote and performed sketch comedy for many years in New York with a sketch comedy troupe called Foul Soul Comedy Troupe. And actually, my friend Andrea Nevado, who plays, um, she has a great role on Jane the Virgin. She plays Jane's mom. Um, she was in the group with me. And a lot of friends of mine who have gone on to be very successful actors were in this troupe. And it was just so crazy because we would go to, like, prisons and perform sketch comedy. I performed wow. with, um at a lot of famous comedy clubs in New York, and um, it was just, you know, it was a good, um, it was a good, uh, like, uh, exercise in, like, uh, just doing improv and, make you know, making yourself available and, and talking and listening, because you cannot do comedy without listening. If you don't listen, you're in trouble. Right. So I think it was a, a great, great tool. The only problem that um, I find actors fall into this um, kind of uh, a bad uh, acting kick is that when they do do like a sketch comedy, they get very broad. So I once I got to L.A. and I started doing a lot more television, I, ha- I realized I really had to tone everything down because TV is all heads. It's all talking heads. <laughs> right. And you have right. To be very small, you know, so I had to really learn how to tone everything down and just, you know, uh, think more than, you know, uh, be, um, like, active with my body and my face. Gotcha. There's different levels, like stage versus soap versus uh, primetime TV versus film. It's it's all it's all acting, but it, it, there are different levels, right? It's, it's just the way you, the way you come across. Absolutely. I find that film in film, you know, in film, it's like more of like you know, you get the you start with the wide shots, you see people's legs and arms, and you know, you get more of a natural feeling of like what well, people really, um, you know, if you're like. In your stillness, you ha- you think and on film. You think, you know, you think what your 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 uh, emotions are because remember when they get into the close-ups, your head's going to be like, you know, on a screen. So you don't want to be big, but you get to be a little bit more natural, like a more of a, like a natural uh, way of acting. And television, it's all driven by the story the story and everybody's a tool to tell the story. So it's all very um, driven by the lines, you know, the information that you have to get out in each episode 
So that's all just like really talking and reacting, talking and reacting. So I tend to like to do film better because a lot you get more of a character arc. You get to be, build a beginning, a middle, and, a, and an end for a character. Right. Or on television, you're just really just an instrument for information for whatever the plot, the storyline is. Right. <laughs> Right, and then in the cases like in Chuck, you, you the story may never get a never get a payoff. Exactly, mm-hmm. you get cut. Yeah, yeah. and they do yeah. that a lot. You know, they start a lot of different stories, and they like they like take The Walking Dead. They'll start a story with like Michonne or this one, and then they'll see how the audience reacts to that, and then they might continue, or they might decide, you know what, this isn't the right way to go. Let's you know. Uh, moving in another direction. Cool. Um, you've done a few films. Um, when you did, uh, when you did my big, well, the big wedding, the big wedding, which I, I urge everyone to go see or rent or find. It's a very funny movie. I, when you did the big wedding, what was it like to be on the same set as Robin Williams and Robert De Niro? Wow. That's a, that's a like, job of a lifetime absolutely most people never get to work with one of those caliber of actors never mind all of them and with robert de niro diane keaton susan sarandon right. robin williams amanda seyfried um yeah i left a lot of names uh, after that you're right Catherine yeah Hagel? Catherine hagel and um and then my friend what's from the uh that seventies show. Oh, oh I forget his name. I know who you're talking about. He he was a funny character in that movie as well. Yeah. Um, um I'm gonna think of his I'm name. Right. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, and Ben Barnes who played my son, who's done really well for him. Topher Grace. So for great, that's right. He's hysterical. He's just a really down-to-earth, um, very funny, self-effacing kind of guy. Um, just really lovely. Uh, he threw a party, and we had a really good time. And You know, he, he stayed at his parents' house because uh, he was born and raised in Connecticut. We shot in Connecticut. And uh, so he told the producers, I ah, don't don't get me a hotel. I'm gonna go stay with my mom and dad. So he went and stayed in an <laughs> old room that like looked exactly the same from like when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was true. But uh, again, Robert De Niro is just a super gracious uh, human being. So generous. Um, just really lovely. Very giving on. Um, on camera, um, and just, you know, fearless. Diane Keene, oh, my God, she was an <laughs> acting acting lesson. Really? So beautiful. Just to watch her, her process and her preparation. Um, she really, uh, she likes to use music. Her music really helps her put her in her space and also creates, like, this privacy, like, moment before. So she, like, wears her headphones right before she works and then she just takes rips them off and she throws them anywhere in a bush wherever she is (laughs) and then she'll just go into her character and she was just so funny and so giving and so was robin robin williams was just like really really 
um, I was afraid because I have that big scene with him where I'm doing the confessional scene. Right. And um, I was worried that he was going to upstage me and that this was going to, like, get, like, blown out of proportion and and he was going to go into, like, some, you know, one of his Robin Williams antics. (laughs) He was very calm and so, so, um, so giving. He just was like, why don't we try it like this? And then, you know, you do ba 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 and then I'll go, "Ah!" and then, but you keep talking. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, like, I can't get a word out. And I'm like, I get to shut Robin Williams up? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, he gets it. You know, well, he he's able to get it. He really understands. Him and De Niro both, I, I imagine, really understand the business. And just, you know, it's, it's good to hear that they take care of the co-stars because there are celebrities who probably are more about themselves. And, the, and that's yeah. always great to hear and, stories and like we, that. And we won't mention who those people are. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I will say that I find that um, the older the actor is and the more experienced he is and the more comfortable he is in his own person, the more gracious they are. The the newer celebrities that are, like, really, like, you know, at the top of their game, but they're, like, nouveau celebrities, those are the ones that I find that I have the most difficulty because they don't connect. They don't really look at you. They don't take you in as a person. They don't, you know, it's like you're basically dispensable. to Because you're like, especially on TV, oh, my God. Right. How can you help me, right? It's, yeah, it's not even that. It's like, you know, I'm here. This is about me. This is my show, you know, and you're going to be gone after this episode. So I'm not going to invest in you, you know. Wow. Some of the, but the older actors, like I said, the older actors are very gracious. Um, but, you know, like Damian Lewis, I did an episode of this show called Life. Okay. That he plays a ex-cop that gets thrown off the force and he ends up win, winning the lottery and then he has all this money, so he makes the the police force make him, like, in, like uh, give him his badge back or something like that. And um, he was super gracious, very nice, very open. Um, uh, but there's, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, Some, you, the, to... Like the director on that show, um, he wasn't that kind to me. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that was one of those, I'm going to probably blog about all the um all my Hollywood war stories. Those are coming. Um he um I knew they were they're getting ready to do like they were doing all the coverage of the actors. So what happens is that, you know, once they do like a a wide shot of the whole scene and everything, they start to come in closer and closer, uh tighter shots with tighter lenses and so you until you get your coverage. You get a single or over the shoulder they call it, where it's over one actor's shoulder or the back of one actor's shoulder to your, right. your close-up. Well, they were coming into my my coverage, it's called. And uh, so I said to him, I kept saying, where's my camera? Because I always want to know where the camera is, especially for my coverage, because I want to angle my face towards that camera, you know, kind of cheat right. toward it, you know, so that 
I'm not giving them my ear, you know, because they're, they don't really, the camera people aren't going to be like, hey, you're not, you know, um, this isn't a good, you're a good angle. <laughs> right, and it's standard, yeah. it's standard. You need to be facing the camera at least a little bit or you're, you're not really <laughs> well, doing you what you're should, supposed to be doing. At this level of the game, you should know these kind of tricks, you know. Right. <laughs> so I said to the director, excuse me, can you tell me what cameras, because, you know, on these shows, these multi-camera shows, they're shooting camera A and B, so you don't always know what camera is shooting you. So I said to him, can you tell me what camera um, I'm getting my coverage on? He goes, oh, don't worry. We have, we're covering you on a secret camera, he says to me. I was like, oh, a secret camera. Okay, thank you. Basically, what he was telling me was, don't worry, don't worry about it. You're not getting a close-up in this shot. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, so. Well, you I can guess, just say oh, that. I don't isn't that, I was like, wow, that. you are rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, well, that, yeah. I, that wasn't my favorite director to work with, and I don't even know his name, to tell you the truth. A lot I've worked with a lot of directors on television and a lot of, like, uh, for instance, the director who um, um, directed me in the episode of Chuck that <clears throat> the one where Mark and I are um, having sex and my my son Morgan can hear it through the window. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one? That's a funny, that's a funny episode. Um, Might be my that, favorite scene. No, no, no. <laughs> that, and he was like, oh, gross, Mom. That, is <laughs> that was directed by Jeremiah Chechik. And I don't know if you know, you're familiar with Jeremiah Chechik, but Jeremiah Chechik directed Christmas Vacation. No way. Yeah, he did. Love so that's one of the that's the kind of stuff that I do when I'm going on a set. Some actors don't give a crap, but I'm like, I want to know who the director is. So I look them up on IMDb, and I'm like, oh my god, Christmas Vacation is one of my favorite movies ever. And and the funny thing is, it's six degrees of separation. Chevy Chase ended up being on Chuck too because he played yes. um, he played Chuck's dad. Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. So um I was like, Wow, you know, here for Christmas Occasion was my favorite movie. Jeremiah Chuck is directing this episode and um Chevy Chase is on the show. So I brought in a vintage copy of that I had of Christmas Vacation and I asked him to sign it for it. And he wrote he signed it and he goes he wrote, The shitter is full <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my god, that's cool. <laughs> no, no, that's tough because I, I imagine that would be like you. One of the things that has held me back is is fear and trust. And um, you want to be able to trust your surroundings when you come on the set. So you're checked on all things out. Uh, does you find this limits your opportunities though? What? That you're you're making sure when you go on a set as a director you want and you know the people you'll be working with are going to be people who are are people that you're comfortable working with. Well, um, I'll take a job no matter what, uh, unless I've already had an experience with a certain person. That um, I think you, 
the problem in this town is you really can't burn your bridges. So you're going right. to work with people you don't like, you know. Right. It just, it happens. I did a film uh, a few years ago with a director that I had a terrible time with. I almost had like a breakdown on the set because um, it was a film that had another, a bunch of celebrities in it, um, wonderful actors. And the director and I had a, I had a um, like a small supporting role. I played a teacher, and I had like one big scene in the whole film where I actually had like a monologue, right? So that was, right. I, you know, I had little scenes here and there, but like my big, you know, my big piece of resistance was in this big auditorium scene. And I'm sitting there. We're shooting the scene. And all of a sudden, the director says to me, when we do this take, I don't want you to say anything. And I'm like, what? And then he goes, yeah, just don't say anything. And I'm like, you want, you don't want me to deliver my lines. He says, exactly. Starts rolling the camera. All of a sudden, the actress next to me, Blythe Danner, she's Gwyneth Paltrow's mom, she uh. starts delivering my lines. And I'm like, what is going on here? And so, and I could tell that she was super uncomfortable and she was like having a lot of trouble because it was a lot of lines to like memorize on the fly, you know? Right. And, um, and then she kept saying, I don't want to do this. This is, this isn't right. You know, I, I haven't worked. I haven't prepared this. I'm not. And all of a sudden I realized that the director decided that my character wasn't going to give this speech, that th that character was going to give the speech, but he didn't have the decency to come and tell me that. He just told me, don't talk in the next tape. Wow. Yeah, and I had, I had a very hard time dealing with that because I was very upset. I was, I felt like I was totally disrespected that he had no consideration for my craft or the fact that I was a, I was a local hire. I lived in New York. The movie was shot. Uh, I'm sorry. I was living in LA, but the movie was shot in New York. And so I had to fly myself there. You know, so it had cost me some money to get there and stuff. So Blythe was being very gracious and she said, well, at least you're still getting paid. And I said, so, yeah, not really. I had to fly myself here, so it kind of evens uh, out. And she goes, I'm really sorry about that. So she ended up talking to the director and saying, you know, I don't think this is right. Um, so later he gave me some other business to do, and I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, you just – I appreciated that he tried to make an effort, but right. I never even watched the movie. I refused to watch the movie. I, I, I don't think he wanted to break it to you. But still, I, I just, I, I, I just don't, better. I just don't really think he cared. He really didn't care. That's terrible. I he's not. He wasn't an actor's director. director. He was. He's a director's director. He just, you know, it was about, it was about his process and what he needed, and everything else was, uh, you know, collateral. Yeah, and that kind of that kind of goes against what you said about like Robert De Niro and Robin Williams, where they understood the whole process, and they made sure everybody was taken care of the right way. And this exactly. Rex. Yeah. And uh, yeah, James Kong was in this movie, too, and he was oh. very nice. After he came up to me, he said, I'm really sorry about that. That should never happen to an actor. And I was like, yeah, well, 
what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to chalk that one up to experience. There you um, go. There you go. Yeah. Is that when you start to learn not to take things personally? You just, it just is what it is? Um, and also you start to, like, start to, um, to figure out what's, what's important to you. Like, I wouldn't, I would have just spoken to him. Like, now if that would have happened to me now, I would have come up to him and said to him, listen, if you don't, if you don't want my character to be in this film, I understand it's your prerogative, but you know what? I don't need this job, and I would have left. Right. I said, I'm not really making money to be here. I'm not going to be in this movie, obviously. And I would have taken my dignity with me, and I would have left. I would have said, thank you, and I'm leaving. Well, there's a certain level of But I didn't do like that. Yeah. But, you know, you learn your lesson. That was a lesson to me to value my craft. Right. I think all of these experiences happen to teach you these things. It was to teach me that, you know what, I am very good at what I do, and I am very experienced, and I don't need to be treated like this, and I don't need this job. I can say no. That's, that's a great thing to have that power to do. That's definitely, and that's you, it's you empowering yourself. That's awesome. Exactly. You know, and a lot of actors, you know, um, have to learn those lessons on a, on a set. That's unfortunately. All right. So that was Patricia Ray part one. Part two next week she talks about uh, stage. She might get punched in the face. And uh, she talks also about Nilsons again, uh, more like uh, residuals and Netflix. I'm sorry I'm a little bit rushed here. I'm almost at the end of the show. But I just want to say thank you for listening. Next week I'll uh, reach on my uh, reach. I will uh, get into my theory on LeBron James coming to Miami, which I call his home, and I'll explain it all next week. It'll be a lot of fun. And then part two of Patricia Ray with 10 questions. You all have a great week, and that about sums it up. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.